The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Good morning, and welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. My name is Maureen Metcalf, your host, and we're joined by Brian Ahern as a return guest. So welcome back, Brian. Thanks, Maureen. Uh, we're also joined by John Petrucci, um, and today's focus will be on liking and reciprocity as a key element of the art of persuasion. I selected Brian as my guest and as the initial interview in the tool series that we're launching because he provides great tools to improve leaders' ability to persuade in a practical and non-coercive manner. His method of explaining the approach is practical and easy to understand. Today, he'll kick off the tool series talking about using the principles of reciprocity and liking as key elements of the larger field of persuasion. He shares his experience with multiple clients using the Cialdini method. He talks about reciprocity as a concept and then provides rich examples and illustrates to make it more practical for leaders to apply. Brian's the chief influence officer at Influence People and a senior sales consultant with State Auto Insurance. He is one of only 20 individuals in the world who currently hold the Cialdini Method Certified Trainer designation. This specialization in the psychology of persuasion was earned directly from Dr. Robert B. Cialdini, the recognized authority in the science of ethical persuasion. Brian is in the insurance industry for nearly 30 years and has been training, coaching, and consulting with associates for 20 years. Brian writes a weekly blog, Influence People, which has readers in 200 countries and around the world. Organizations Brian has worked with include the Ohio State University, Northwestern Mutual, Integrated Leadership Systems, Red Brick Health, and Sun Life Financial, as well as State Auto. John Petrucci is a Senior Vice President of Service and Administration at State Auto Insurance Companies. His insurance career spans 30 years and includes experience as a claims adjuster, claims manager, agent, agency manager, branch manager, and vice president of sales. He served in a variety of industry-related and nonprofit boards. He's currently serving as the chair of the PIA Partnership and president of the Columbus Big Brothers and Big Sisters Foundation. So the goal of the program, as we've talked about before, is to give leaders tools and frameworks to help you be more effective. Yeah, as, as the world is changing at a rapid pace and listening in the last few weeks about terrorism attacks and how people are responding and, 
and such. It's it's easy to get waylaid and focus on our work and just get through life and get things done. And at the same time that we feel like pulling back, it is critical for us as leaders to lean in and continue to innovate and be the positive forces in the lives of the people around us who are dealing with the same issues we are. And as the leaders, we just have additional responsibilities. So the outcome of the show is for everyone to leave with an idea or two that you can implement within the next week. Try it out. Uh, You're obviously not as skilled as Brian is, for most of you, in the art of persuasion. And yet one small change may make a significant difference in your performance. And I will also affirm that I'll be trying out some of Brian's recommendations because I too could use some help in, in the art of persuasion. So Brian, let's go to you. Give us a little bit about your background and then we'll jump into the interview. All right. Well, thanks, Maureen. Well, as far as background, I started in insurance about 30 years ago and uh, got into sales training a little more than 20 years ago and then stumbled into Dr. Cialdini's work when a coworker came down and gave a videotape to myself and, and John and we watched it. It was a presentation he had given at Stanford University and the light bulb went on for us. It was like, wow, everything he's talking about, this psychology, it explains these sales techniques that we've taught for so long. And what I appreciated was his focus on non-manipulative ways to get people to do things. And it's that word manipulation that ultimately caused the change for me because Mm -hmm. when Stanford came out with another marketing piece, they used the word manipulation in the title. And it just really struck me because I thought, I don't know anybody who wants to be manipulated, nor do I know anyone who wants to be known as a good manipulator. And so I felt so strongly about that, I emailed Stanford to let them know that, that this word is probably hurting your sales. And while I never heard from them, I got a call from Robert Cialdini's office sometime after that, and they were thanking me. They said, Stanford is changing the marketing of our video because of an email that you sent. And that was the beginning of my relationship with uh, Dr. Cialdini and his organization, Influence at Work. That's really cool. And interesting that just that standing up and asking the question changed potentially their business. Yeah, it changed their business, I think, because we've done an awful lot of training with them over the years, and I've done a lot of work for them on the side, whether Mm -hmm. it's training and keynotes and things. But um, really, it changed the course of my career. I wouldn't be here talking to you today Mm -hmm. if I hadn't felt compelled to send that email and then the chain of events that happened after that. So Mm -hmm. um, I've always really appreciated the approach of Dr. Cialdini and, and his Mm-hmm. Um, his team that what we're doing is not manipulating people. Mm-hmm. It's talking in a language that that makes it easier for people to understand what it is that we're trying to convey and easier for them to say yes. And when that happens, everybody wins. It, this is just a side note, but I, I am always fascinated by the events that happen in the lives of leaders and people we respect that, that are those tipping points or, or key times that that cause you to change direction entirely. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that with You're us. You're welcome. So in leadership, why are relationships so important in today's business environment? Well, one of the things that I like to share with people is a, a quote from Jack Welch. So I think all of your listeners probably remember Jack Welch. He was the CEO of GE for many years and brought mm-hmm. them to, to great financial heights. Jack Welch said, nearly everything I've accomplished in life has been with other people. 
So it didn't matter how good his business acumen was, how good his strategy. If he couldn't get people on board to execute those, he wasn't going to be a success. So I think that quote shows that, that we all need people. Mm -hmm. But then there's a challenge. Dale Carnegie, when he wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People, said that the biggest challenge that you'll face is dealing with people. And then he went on to say, especially if you're in business. So that's that's you and I. That's all mm -hmm. the people who are listening. We need people, yet they can be our biggest challenge. Now, you couple that with the economy is getting better, it seems to be, by the mm -hmm. day. And that opens up freedom of movement. So people mm -hmm. are having more and more choices to where they can go and where they want to work. And if leaders aren't engaging people in a way that makes them enjoy who they work for and what they do, people will make the choice to, to simply move on. Um, unlike maybe many, many years ago or decades ago, fear is not the way that you try to motivate people. Uh, people may do what you want if there's fear, but once that fear is removed, people will go back mm -hmm. to the behaviors that they had. In fact, they may go back to worse behaviors once that fear is removed just out of spite. So I think it's important that leaders have strong relationships because we need people. They're a big challenge. And, and there's this freedom of movement. We have to mm -hmm. have teams that are engaged, that enjoy what they do and who they work for. Yeah, I was with a group last night of engineers. So, so the leadership team of a company with about 700 engineers across multiple states. And one of the themes was the tightening of the labor market. It's just hard to find people. Mm -hmm. They're a good company and they're struggling because everyone in their space is also growing and trying to attract people. Mm -hmm. And so how we treat our folks really does become a differentiator. And it was interesting to listen to the CEO talk about one of his top values being compassion. Mm -hmm. which again seems to go to how we treat our people. Absolutely. Uh, and the non-manipulation that comes with compassion, mm -hmm. uh, showing empathy and, and such, I think is a differentiator for organizations. Mm -hmm. So when you were on the show last time, you mentioned two principles of influence that are particularly effective in building relationships. Can you remind us of what those were before we go into the next? Sure. Um, the first principle that we talk about is called the principle of liking. And this principle just tells us simply this. It's easier for us to say yes to those that we know and like. And so if a, if a leader has good relationships with the people who report to them, it's easier for them to, to say yes to the things that are being asked. The other principle that we talk about in building relationships is reciprocity. So reciprocity alerts us to the reality that we feel an obligation to give back to people when they've given to us. But this principle isn't so much... When, when you talk about building a relationship, about giving to get something, mm -hmm. the reality is if I do something that genuinely benefits you, that, that really helps you, you probably feel good about me. And that makes it easier for you in the future if I need your help to say yes. In addition, mm -hmm. I get the benefit of you'll probably do something for me if, if I need help because I've done something to help you. But a big part of what leaders are, are doing is trying to clear obstacles for their team. And so when they do that, those folks who report to them appreciate it, and, and you get this positive cycle, and that's why these two principles are effective in building or maintaining relationships. Cool. Thank you. Now we're going to switch over to John and ask him a couple of questions.
Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. John, I understand that you've been through Brian's workshop on several occasions and have read Dr. Cialdini's book, Influence, numerous times. How have you used these insights on persuasion to build relationship relationships and move your company's agenda forward? Well, first, Maureen, I'd like to just thank you for having me on your show today. Brian's a big fan of yours, and I'm glad to finally get to meet you, at least uh, via the phone here today. Uh, I believe Brian has probably talked with you and your listeners about the six principles of ethical influence, reciprocity, scarcity, authority, consistency, liking, and consensus. And today, I know the focus is on reciprocity and liking. So I thought we'd start with liking first, if you don't mind. Perfect. Thank you. You know, there's the old adage that you catch more bees with honey than vinegar, and I'd say that that's probably as true in business as it is in life. Uh, I've found uh, over my 56 years that people tend to gravitate towards folks that are nice versus folks who have an edge. Uh, you just seem to see that, uh, you know, walking down the hallway uh, at a fraternal event, uh, even at a football game. They just, they just seem to go to the people that are nice. And in business, associates tend to follow folks who are nice and shy away from folks who aren't. And notice how I said follow. That's because leadership, Maureen, I believe, is no more, no less a function of followership. Managers don't lead people. They manage them, and, and they have management tools. Uh, they can get pay raises, vacation days, titles, offices, jobs. Associates listen to what the manager says because they have to listen to the manager due to their title and the tools that they can employ. But leaders don't manage people because they have no management tools. Leaders can only suggest paths to take ideas to think, ways to behave. In other words, they can only persuade. 
the effectiveness of the leader is uh, really derived uh, solely from uh, the number of followers that they have. In other words, uh, followership is no more or no less uh, a function of leadership. If you don't have followers, you effectively don't have a leader. Managers are assigned associates to manage by their companies, uh, and, and so that is a, is a function of the business. But leaders have people follow them because they want to follow them. And that's why leadership is so much more powerful than management, because the followers made the decision and the choice to follow, and they internalize that decision to follow versus just being mandated by a company. The followers want the leaders to lead, and you can't get to uh, have folks follow you, quite frankly, if they, if they don't like you. I mean, they have to like you a little bit. Uh, here at State Auto, we have a fairly robust internship program, Maureen, and every summer we have somewhere between 10 and 15 interns that will rotate through departments. And one of the questions that I ask them uh, right up front when I get a chance to sit down with them for a few hours is, where do you find managers? And the answer I'm looking for, which I never get, is you find managers on organizational charts. And, and then I ask them, where do you find leaders? And I tell them, you find leaders anywhere. Uh, and then the example that I share with them is uh, most of the, the, the folks that uh, come in as an intern are in a fraternity or sorority or some other professional type of group. And I ask them, when, when have you ever been in a situation where the leader of that group, the manager of that group, said something that was a little bit edgy and you didn't quite know how to respond, what did you do? Uh, you usually looked at somebody in, in the group that was being addressed. That's the informal leader. That's the person that you're willing to follow. Uh, and your eyes naturally go to that. And when I explain that to them, they, they always shake their heads up and down because we've all been there. When we're the ones kind of being dictated to and, and you, you look around, that's the informal leader and that's where you can find them. Uh, so managers have titles, uh, but leaders, they don't have titles. They, leaders have followers, not necessarily titles. I don't know if you want me to expand on that anymore, but that's, that's kind of how I feel about that. Well, I, I love the idea that, especially as I'm writing, we're just finishing up a college student leadership book, that especially as young folks who, who think leadership is a role on an org chart, not a, a role that we fulfill in life, that in fact I can and do lead from many different seats in the organization. And, and so what, what would be helpful is to spend a minute or two talking about how the principle of liking helps me be more effective in leading? Well, uh, yeah. When, for example, uh, when I was an agency manager at, at my prior company, I had two uh, big agents in the group. They were the two largest agents that we had, and they certainly were the informal leaders within the group. And I did everything that I could to make sure that, that, that we had a good, solid relationship. But once I had identified that those were the two informal leaders, whenever I knew I was going to go in front of the group and present something that I thought maybe was a little edgy, that I thought maybe that the group wasn't going to accept right off the bat, I would call these two gentlemen first and I would say, hey, look, here's what I'm going to talk about tomorrow in the meeting, and I would appreciate it if you could support me. If there's anything good that you can say, please do say uh, something good. And if there isn't, just don't say anything. Uh, because if you say something the negative, now I'm behind the eight ball. And every time, they played the game with me. Now, I believe they, they did that because they liked me, and I believe they did that because I reached out to them. I had identified them as leaders, and I was paying them their due. And, and quite frankly, that has served me well. That, that was back in the early 90s. That served me well all the way up to today. Once you know who those, those, those influencers are, the, the, the informal leaders within the group, if you can get them to like you, and again, not, not in a manipulative format, but because you're helping them out and because you're paying deference to them, I, I've never really had a problem with the group after that. 
You know, I used a similar framework. I was working with a group of utility workers, uh, guys who cleared right-of-ways, and we were implementing some process changes a long time ago at this point. And once we developed that mutual respect, so liking defined as a respect space, and these were folks who did not have college degrees, and so my ability to get them to like me I meant I had to overcome some stereotypes. I was the, the girl from D.C., and they were hardcore dudes who climbed power poles and were good at what they did. And so that ability to like was absolutely foundational on both sides to be able to implement some significant changes. So it, it just seems like a very powerful tool and it, it's applied differently within different environments. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that I'm known for here at work and probably been known for for a very long time is I tell a lot of jokes. As a matter of fact, I almost start out every meeting or every interaction with telling somebody a joke. And I found that, that that breaks the barrier down. It's almost like people see me coming and they know I'm going to tell them a joke, but that's, that starts an interaction. And, and if people like you, and even if, even if it's just from a joke-telling perspective, then the next thing that you tell them they're more willing to listen to because they're already engaged instead of just coming in cold and sort of, well, you're the boss, and, and so I'm going to have to listen to you. It's, you know, when you get somebody to smile, when you can get somebody to laugh, when you can get somebody to kind of look around and roll their eyes, because most of the jokes I tell in today's <laughs> setting obviously have to be real clean, and, and, they're, and they're probably stupid, but, but the people laugh. Now, now, we're at a, now we're at a different level. It, it, yeah, a level of equality, and that's the foundation upon which we build. So I like that you make the distinction that it's not enough to just like me. But that's one of the foundational steps that allows me to lead because I, I assume right. that folks follow you because you're also really good at what you do and you're like, well, you know, <laughs> I, I will tell you that if there's been one worry <laughs> you know, in my life, it's that I, I tell jokes uh, so often that I wonder when I really say something serious that people really believe me. But uh, I don't think I would have gotten to where I am today and had the, you know, 30 years in the business if I really didn't know what I did, uh, do. Uh, but. I, I try to do that from a perspective of, hey, we're all in this together. It's not how many stripes you have on your shoulder. It's uh, we're all in here to try to help Mrs. Smith, whoever the customer is, uh, get what she needs. And I've got my role to play, and you've got your role to play, so how can we help each other get to that uh, end game? John, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. It's, it's really useful in demonstrating how you as a very successful executive have used this principle of liking as a foundation for influence. Well, it's my pleasure. I appreciate spending some time with you today, and um, I hope that you have Brian on many times, Maureen, because he, he knows what he's talking about. Thanks a lot. Take care, John. Thank, thank you. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. 
If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Brian Ahern, and we're talking about the art of persuasion and specifically now reciprocity. So, Brian, can you give us some additional examples? Yeah, I've got one example that happened this week that just brought a smile to my face. Last week, I went out to St. Louis and I spoke at a an agency producer conference. There were 50 or 60 insurance agents at this conference. And and my goal in going out there and interacting with uh, the individual, his name's Henry, is to hopefully have a number of those agents go through the two-day workshop that Mm -hmm. I do. It's called the Principles of Persuasion, and it's geared very specifically towards insurance agents and and selling. So I went out and I did a a two-hour overview of, of influence, and it went really, really well. And, and Henry and I met for the first time out there, and then we had some some email exchange about, you know, the future. Well, what was interesting is I got a tweet from somebody who's in the leadership field that I've really enjoyed watching YouTube videos and, and read a number of his books. His name's Simon Sinek, and, and I saw that he was going to be in Clayton, Missouri. Well, that's where Henry lives. That's where I was to speak. And so I thought, well, on the off chance that he might want to go to this, I'm going to send it over to him. So I sent him a, a very brief email that said, Henry, uh, I saw this and thought of you because Simon Sinek's going to be in Clayton. Uh, I, I love his YouTube work and I love his books and maybe you'd be interested. I had no idea, but Henry came back and said, I've watched his YouTube videos. I really like him. Thank you so much for letting me know. And then he alerted me a little later that he got in. There was only a couple spots left. 
and he got in mm -hmm. with, with somebody. And so he was really happy. And I said, just let me know how the talk went. So the next day, he sends me an email and talked mm -hmm. about how great it was that he got some takeaways. They're going to go into a planning session for the agency. And he's got lots of good ideas. And thank you so much. So I've engaged the reciprocity there, right? I, I did something for him. And now he's very, very happy. But the thing that caught my attention and brought the smile to my face was when I emailed him back one more time, he emailed and his reply said, thank you, friend. Mm. I had just met him a week ago. I mean, we talked on the phone once mm -hmm. or twice, but if mm -hmm. he's going to use the language of friend, you know that mm -hmm. this is going to be a much, much better working relationship. I think he understands clearly, too, this isn't just about Brian pushing an agenda to get this workshop or State Auto just to do this workshop. He knows that I genuinely want to help him and his agencies succeed. Yes, they represent my company, and that's beneficial for my company, too. But these little acts of extending myself and saying, mm -hmm. I was thinking of you, you might enjoy this. Those are the kind of things that really alert people to, to say, wow, this is different. This person really does care about me, and it starts to change everything. And I look forward to a, to a great relationship with Henry and the agents that, that uh, ultimately report up to his association, I think, for years to come. It's a great story. And, and it leads into the next question. A lot of leaders believe that it's not their job to be liked. Mm. So, so why would I invest the time and energy being kind, doing these small acts? It's my job to get results. So help me understand mm. why this is so important. Well, based on the things that I read, mm -hmm. the, the um, principle of liking clearly shows that more people will do what you want if you mm -hmm. like them. And so when you step back and say, okay, as a leader, I want people to do what I need them to do, so mm -hmm. it's probably worthwhile for me to invest in them because ultimately that investment of time and energy and getting to know mm -hmm. them comes back not only to make them like me more and make me like them more, but ultimately to get a better business result. And, and that's, that's why our companies have hired us. They've hired us because they view every one of us as an investment mm -hmm. that can leverage and multiply the, the time and energy that they put into us. And so a leader needs to step back and say, how can I be most effective in helping this organization move forward and accomplish the goals? And mm -hmm. it would be foolish to say, even though decades of research show that when mm -hmm. people like you, they're more willing to do what you want, I'm going to dismiss that because I'm the boss and I should be able to just tell people what mm -hmm. to do. So I think at the in the end of the day, uh, the smart leader just says, I'll get a lot more accomplished mm -hmm. if I'm willing to do this. And uh, a very good example that comes to mind for me is somebody that I've worked with and, and coached for about the last five years. And Bob, about two or three years ago, said, you know, I've always had this clear dividing line between uh, my, my work life and my personal life. And he didn't really let the two blend together. And he said, I'm rethinking that. And so mm -hmm. he asked for my help as his coach. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, through the year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to travel with all of my reps and I'd like you to contact them and just ask them questions about how I'm doing. And so mm -hmm. I came up with a list of questions that I would ask everybody and then mm -hmm. I'd gather it up mm -hmm. and anonymously I would share the feedback with Bob every month when we had our coaching mm -hmm. calls. And he was working hard to not only get to know them more, but allow them to get to know him. It was a little awkward at first. Some people said, well, you know, we really appreciate that he's trying. Um, feels a little strained, but every month it seemed to get easier. Mm -hmm. By the end of the year, the, the most telltale sign was the lady who's the administrat administrative assistant for his regional office said, wow, it's like working with a whole different guy. I mean, he really had made this very, very big change. And his team was responding 
so much better to him and he was enjoying the job more. So he's like a, a perfect case example. More than 25 years has that clear dividing line, rethinks it, actively does something to make it mm-hmm. happen and begins to see the results. Yeah, it makes me think of conversations I had, some of them earlier in my career, where we learned that you have friends at home and you have colleagues at work and mm-hmm. you don't talk about your personal life. Mm-hmm. And yet the Gallup research says if you don't have a best friend at work, you're unlikely to be engaged. I think it's like 8% mm-hmm. probability of being engaged. Yeah. So you talk about someone calling you friend. Mm-hmm. It's a from a organizational bottom line productivity perspective – this stuff matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you want leaders to take away as we're wrapping up the interview? Well, I would just ask uh, listeners this question. Do you want to enjoy your career more? Do you mm-hmm. want to enjoy your coworkers, your customers, all the relationships that you have when you're giving you know, 40, 50 hours or more of your time at work? Do you want to mm-hmm. enjoy that more? And if you're saying, yeah, I would, and I find it hard to believe somebody wouldn't want to enjoy mm-hmm. it more, uh, then that really resides with you. The choices that you make. Will you be somebody who will look to give and invest in others? Because you'll get a lot more accomplished, but you'll mm-hmm. build relationships. Will you make the time and take the effort to engage people on the things that you have in common, that you'll look for the good in people, that you'll offer up praise when praise is deserved. If you're willing to do those things, you will enjoy your relationships much more. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just apply at work. That'll apply even at home. When you use Mm -hmm. these same principles at home, you'll reap benefits there as well. And uh, it's funny that one time my, my wife, when she wasn't feeling particularly good on a day, she she said, you only love me because you make yourself think positive thoughts about me. <laughs> and I said, if love's a choice, then is that not a good thing? Um, everybody's got faults and everybody's got good things. Mm-hmm. And too often people focus on the, on the negative. They focus on the faults and it puts them in this bad frame of mind. But there are certain things that really don't matter. And, and to say, I'm not going to allow myself to go down that path mm-hmm. and think about that. I'm going to choose to focus on the good things. And so when I do that, I get excited to be around her. I love to be around her. And that changes the dynamic of everything. But I'm not some incredibly unique person. This is available for anybody. Mm-hmm. So whether it's your personal relationships or your business relationships, make the choice to become somebody who gives, make the choice to become somebody who looks to connect on similarity and offer genuine praise, and you will have significantly better and more productive relationships. What a beautiful thought that I can make these choices. I I actually did some research at one point about are we wired this way? And what I learned was even those of us who are more wired toward negativity or risk management or whatever you call it, that we are able to rewire our brains in essence. Absolutely. To, so it, it has to do with, you mentioned practice and the nor- neurobiology. Now we know that you build new neural pathways yep. by practicing. Create new habits, yep. And and the idea, talking about a senior leader working over 25 years, doing something one way and making the choice, especially because senior leaders don't want to feel awkward doing things. Mm-hmm that he made the effort to work with you to get feedback and that you're letting people know what he's Mm -hmm. doing so he doesn't just seem like he's um, having a midlife crisis or (laughs) (laughs) taking up some weird habits now. 
So how about if you give our listeners your contact information so as people want to follow your blog, learn more about you, hear you speak maybe, okay. read read more about what you're writing, they have uh, access to you. Okay. Well, I'm all over social media, so I write a blog, and I've mm-hmm. done that now for the last six and a half years. Every Monday at 5.30 Eastern time, a new blog post goes online, and it's can be related to, it's always related to influence, but it might be mm-hmm. towards business or sales or social things, but it's just to get people aware of how influence is being used in various parts of society. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook fan page. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I think the easiest thing for readers would be if they just went in and and Googled my name, Mm -hmm. Brian Ahern, and put in influence people. I'm going to pop up on the first page. I'll probably be half of the links that they see. Mm-hmm. And if somebody reaches out to me, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, I'd be happy to to connect with them. I use them differently, but you know, I, I look at Facebook as a way for people to get to know me on a personal level. LinkedIn is the professional, however they feel comfortable. But just mm-hmm. reach out and let me know that you heard the show, and I'd be happy to connect with you. And I want to share the spelling of Brian's last name because I got it wrong this week. <laughs> it's Brian A H E A R N. Yes. So this is Maureen Metcalf. Let's wrap up. I want to make sure that we reiterate the my goal for the show. Hopefully, others take me up on this. That it's to use what we've heard. So Brian's talked about the principles of liking and reciprocity. I challenge people to track how often you're making a kind statement to someone. And the goal I use with my clients is at least six times a day, find opportunities to praise people. Genuinely appreciate what they're doing. And it does become easy once we start doing it to notice how often good is happening in our world, even on the worst of days. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear your feedback and applying the ideas and tools that Brian shared with us, please contact me at info at metcalf-associates.com and I will respond personally and I may also read your messages on the air. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Brian Ahern. And we're talking about the art of persuasion and specifically now reciprocity. So, Brian, can you give us some additional examples? Yeah, I've got one example that happened this week that just brought a smile to my face. Last week, I went out to St. Louis and I spoke at a an agency producer conference. There were 50 or 60 insurance agents at this conference. And, and my goal in going out there and interacting with uh, the individual, his name's Henry, is to hopefully have a number of those agents go through the two-day workshop that Mm -hmm. I do. It's called the Principles of Persuasion, and it's geared very specifically towards insurance agents and and selling. So I went out and I did a a two-hour overview of of influence, and it went really, really well. And and Henry and I met for the first time out there, and then we had some some email exchange about, you know, the future. Well, what was interesting is I got a tweet from – somebody who's in the leadership field that I've really enjoyed watching YouTube videos and, and read a number of his books. His name's Simon Sinek. And, and 
I saw that he was going to be in Clayton, Missouri. Well, that's where Henry lives. That's where I was to speak. And so I thought, well, on the off chance that he might want to go to this, I'm going to send it over to him. So I sent him a, a very brief email that said, Henry, uh, I saw this and thought of you because Simon Sinek's going to be in Clayton. Uh, I, I love his YouTube work and I love his books and mm -hmm. maybe you'd be interested. I had no idea, but Henry came back and said, I've watched his YouTube videos. I really like him. Thank you so much for letting me know. And then he alerted me a little later that he got in. There was only a couple spots left and he got mm -hmm. in with, with somebody. And so he was really happy. And I said, just let me know how the talk went. So the next day, he sends me an email and talked about how great it was, that he got some takeaways, they're going to go into a planning session for the agency, and he's got lots of good ideas, and thank you so much. So I've engaged the reciprocity there, right? I, I did something for him, and now he's very, very happy. But the thing that caught my attention and brought the smile to my face was when I emailed him back one more time, he emailed and his reply said, thank you, friend. Mm. I had just met him a week ago. I mean, we talked on the phone once mm -hmm. or twice, but if mm -hmm. he's going to use the language of friend, you know that mm -hmm. this is going to be a much, much better working relationship. I think he understands clearly, too, this isn't just about Brian pushing an agenda to get this workshop or State Auto just to do this workshop. He knows that I genuinely want to help him and his agency succeed. Yes, they represent my company, and that's beneficial for my company, too. But these little acts of extending myself and saying, mm -hmm. I was thinking of you, you might enjoy this. Those are the kind of things that really alert people to, to say, wow, this is different. This person really does care about me and it starts to change everything. And I look forward to a, to a great relationship with Henry and the agents that, that uh, ultimately report up to his association, I think, for years to come. It's a great story. And, and it leads into the next question. A lot of leaders believe that it's not their job to be liked. Mm. So, so why would I invest the time and energy being kind, doing these small acts? It's my job to get results. So help me understand why this is so important. Well, based on the things that I read, mm -hmm. the, the um, principle of liking clearly shows that more people will do what you want if you mm -hmm. like them. And so when you step back and say, okay, as a leader... I want people to do what I need them to do, so mm -hmm. it's probably worthwhile for me to invest in them because ultimately that investment of time and energy and getting to know mm -hmm. them comes back not only to make them like me more and make me like them more, but ultimately to get a better business result. And, and that's, that's why our companies have hired us. They've hired us because they view every one of us as an investment mm -hmm. that can leverage and multiply the, the time and energy that they put into us. And so a leader needs to step back and say, how can I be most effective in helping this organization move forward and accomplish the goals? And it would be foolish to say, even though decades of research show that when mm -hmm. people like you, they're more willing to do what you want, I'm going to dismiss that because I'm the boss and I should be able to just tell people what mm -hmm. to do. So I think at the in the end of the day, uh, the smart leader just says, I'll get a lot more accomplished mm -hmm. if I'm willing to do this. And uh, a very good example that comes to mind for me is somebody that I've worked with and, and coached for about the last five years. And Bob, about two or three years ago, said, you know, I've always had this clear dividing line between uh, my, my work life and my personal life. And he didn't really let the two blend together. And he said, I'm rethinking that. And so mm -hmm. he asked for my help as his coach. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, through the year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to travel with all of my reps and I'd like you to contact them 
and just ask them questions about how I'm doing. And so mm -hmm. I came up with a list of questions that I would ask everybody and then mm -hmm. I'd gather it up mm -hmm. and anonymously I would share the feedback with Bob every month when we had our coaching mm -hmm. calls. And he was working hard to not only get to know them more, but allow them to get to know him. It was a little awkward at first. Some people said, well, you know, we really appreciate that he's trying. Um, feels a little strained, but every month it seemed to get easier. Mm -hmm. By the end of the year, the, the most telltale sign was the lady who's the administrative administrative assistant for his regional office said, wow, it's like working with a whole different guy. I mean, he really had made this very, very big change. And his team was responding so much better to him. And he was enjoying the job more. So he's like a, a perfect case example. More than 25 years, has that clear dividing line, rethinks it, actively does something to make it mm -hmm. happen, and begins to see the results. Yeah, it makes me think of conversations I had, some of them earlier in my career, where we learned that you have friends at home and you have colleagues at work and mm -hmm. you don't talk about your personal life. Mm -hmm. And yet the Gallup research says if you don't have a best friend at work, you're unlikely to be engaged. I think it's like 8% mm -hmm. probability of being engaged. Yeah. So you talk about someone calling you friend. Mm -hmm. It's a from a organizational bottom line productivity perspective this stuff matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you want leaders to take away as we're wrapping up the interview? Well, I would just ask uh, listeners this question. Do you want to enjoy your career more? Do you mm -hmm. want to enjoy your coworkers, your customers, all the relationships that you have when you're giving, you know, 40, 50 hours or more of your time at work? Do you want to mm -hmm. enjoy that more? And if you're saying, yeah, I would, and I find it hard to believe somebody wouldn't want to enjoy mm -hmm. it more, uh, then that really resides with you. The choices that you make. Will you be somebody who will look to give and invest in others? Because you'll get a lot more accomplished, but you'll mm -hmm. build relationships. Will you make the time and take the effort to engage people on the things that you have in common? That you'll look for the good in people, that you'll offer up praise when praise is deserved. If you're willing to do those things, you will enjoy your relationships much more. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just apply at work. That'll apply even at home. When you use mm -hmm. these same principles at home, you'll reap benefits there as well. And uh, it's funny that one time my, my wife, when she wasn't feeling particularly good on a day, she, she said, you only love me because you make yourself think positive thoughts about me. <laughs> and I said, if love's a choice, then is that not a good thing? Um, everybody's got faults and everybody's got good things. Mm -hmm. And too often people focus on the, on the negative. They focus on the faults and it puts them in this bad frame of mind. But there are certain things that really don't matter. And, and to say, I'm not going to allow myself to go down that path mm -hmm. and think about that. I'm going to choose to focus on the good things. And so when I do that, I get excited to be around her. I love to be around her. And that changes the dynamic of everything. But I'm not some incredibly unique person. This is available for anybody. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your personal relationships or your business relationships, make the choice to become somebody who gives, make the choice to become somebody who looks to connect on similarity and offer genuine praise, and you will have significantly better and more productive relationships. What a beautiful thought that I can make these choices. I, I actually did some research at one point about are we wired this way? And what I learned was even those of us who are more wired toward negativity or risk management or whatever you call it, 
that we are able to rewire our brains in essence. Absolutely. To, so it, it has to do with, you mentioned practice and the neur- neural biology. Now we know that you build new neural pathways yep. by practicing. Create new habits, yep. And and the idea, talking about a senior leader working over 25 years doing something one way and making the choice, especially because senior leaders don't want to feel awkward doing things, mm-hmm. that he made the effort to work with you to get feedback and that you're letting people know what he's mm-hmm. doing so he doesn't just seem like he's um, having a midlife crisis or <laughs> <laughs> taking up some weird yeah. habits now. Yes. So how about if you give our listeners your contact information so as people want to follow your blog, learn more about you, hear you speak maybe, okay. read read more about what you're writing, they have uh, access to you. Okay. Well, I'm all over social media, so I write a blog, and I've mm-hmm. done that now for the last six and a half years. Every Monday at 5.30 Eastern time, a new blog post goes online, and it's can be related to it's always related to influence but it might be mm-hmm. towards business or sales or social things but it's just to get people aware of how influence is being used in various parts of society i'm on facebook i have a facebook fan page i'm on linkedin i'm on twitter i think the easiest thing for readers would be if they just went in and, and googled my name mm-hmm. brian ahern and put in influence people I'm going to pop up on the first page. I'll probably be half of the links that they see. Mm-hmm. And if somebody reaches out to me, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, I'd be happy to to connect with them. I use them differently, but you know, I, I look at Facebook as a way for people to get to know me on a personal level. LinkedIn is the professional, however they feel comfortable. But just mm-hmm. reach out and let me know that you heard the show, and I'd be happy to connect with you. And I want to share the spelling of Brian's last name because I got it wrong this week. <laughs> it's Brian A H. E-A-R-N. Yes. So this is Maureen Metcalf. Let's wrap up. I want to make sure that we reiterate the my goal for the show. Hopefully others take me up on this. That it's to use what we've heard. So Brian's talked about the principles of liking and reciprocity. I challenge people to track how often you're making a kind statement to someone. And the goal I use with my clients is at least six times a day, find opportunities to praise people, genuinely appreciate what they're doing. And it does become easy once we start doing it to notice how often good is happening in our world, even on the worst of days. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear your feedback and applying the ideas and tools that Brian shared with us, please contact me at info at metcalf-associates.com and I will respond personally and I may also read your messages on the air. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 